Hey there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. So, uh, welcome to the program. Another, there were two games on Friday night, 40 to 4 Canterbury over West Tigers. A bit closer at uh, Suncorp, but at, at half time, Broncos uh, were leading. 26 to 12, they lost. And uh, Greg Inglis, what's it like playing against him, Jack Reed? Yeah, GI, he's one of those figures. I think uh, everyone knows what it's like. He's, he's an unbelievable athlete. He's got the size of a front row, the speed of a, an outside back or a sprinter, even. So, uh, come up against a player like that, you know where you stand at yourself. And, um, Unfortunately, tonight he was on the end of a winning side and we weren't. Must have been pretty confident in here at halftime. The Broncos were looking good. Fought your way back into the game after South's had... You know, South started the game very strongly. They looked like they were on course and then he managed to change uh, the tide. Yeah, definitely. We got in the sheds and we were confident uh, knowing that we, we weathered that first 20 minutes and, and we got ourselves back on top. And We knew we had that tough 20-minute period after halftime and uh, we really didn't front up there and that's where they got all their momentum and their points. So, Jack, after halftime, was it just... They were just too good, or do you blame yourselves? No, I think we uh, we really didn't step up physically in the middle, or or even as ourselves. We didn't really match it to them where we should have, and we can only take that on board. And a good thing about footy is there's always another week. Now it's only round eight, and you just had a loss, but end of the year, are you allowing yourself to even be a little bit excited about the World Cup? Oh, yeah, obviously it's in the back of your mind. You, you, I'd love to play for my country and have a go, but at the moment it's all about just playing good footy for the Broncos and, and giving myself the best opportunity to get picked in that side. Does Steve McNamara leave you alone, or does he, does he talk to you every now and then? Uh, Steve stays in contact. He'll send a text or a phone call through every couple of months just to, to touch base with us and let us know what's happening over there. But um, it's only a short, short phone call because he knows I want to concentrate on my footy for the Broncos. It's nice of you to talk to us, Jack. Have a good weekend, no mate. Worries, mate. Cheers, right.
Hey, this is Michael Starr. This is Lexi Fox. And you're listening to White Lion Fever. Okay, we're back, uh, and I'm here with uh, uh, Pete and Luke uh, from the union, who are my technicians for the night, advising me how to <laughs> get this thing, uh, work, this interview working properly. Um, now, I was um, interested, uh, Pete, to read that one of the songs is like two years old, and it was on your iPhone. That's very topical. It was on your iPhone, uh, yeah. and um, and you obviously don't lose iPhones as often as me. Otherwise, the song wouldn't be wouldn't be on the album. Yeah. But you, was the the riff idea? Was it like? You going da da da? <laughs> was it actually yeah, yeah, with, yeah. or was it actually with an instrument? Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. with an instrument. Yeah, we we, we did a tour of Europe um, in Holland and Belgium with a band called Triggerfinger, and we rented this little house in, mm-hmm. in Holland, uh, which was great. Really, we, was, we were like the monkeys. We had, you know, we all lived together in this little house, and um, yeah, I just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and, and, you know, I was. We, we both doing some writings, uh, writing over there, uh, and. Yeah, and I sort of I just you know had the iPhone with put ideas down and stuff with the guitar, and then I just I forgot about it completely to be honest. Mm-hmm. And then I was just looking through the, the notes on the thing and found this riff and thought oh, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And but I, I completely forgot about it because we would write at the time we were writing for Siren song, and I must have just forgotten about it or not thought it was any good at the time or something because it never mm. never came to anything and then when we started writing for the next this last album I just had a look through and thought oh that's quite cool and that's short no you played it to me I went oh yeah hello yes yes we like that that's good that's no, straight away I just thought fucking what a great riff you know and and, um, and that was that was that was one of the first songs you wrote wasn't it was yeah it was yeah, yeah, yeah. great really it just all yeah, rolled together really it does seem suspiciously like another leading question for the next song we're going to play, but uh, the, 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 old, the, thunder, the thunder questions, I'm sure every interview you get asked about them, I don't know whether you find them annoying or not, but um, these shows that are coming up with, uh, uh, with Journey and Whitesnake, I mean, do they, are they an interruption to what you're trying to do here? Like, hopefully this project gets some momentum and then you sort of all has to stop again. Is that is that just the way things are these days? Or well, the, the, the journey in, in White Snake thing actually was a bit of an afterthought because what happened was we, um, with the union, we did, I think, seven, eight festivals last summer. Um, and uh, uh, to be perfectly frank with you, um, we, with Thunder, we needed to raise some money. Because <laughs> um, we, had, we had a couple of hefty tax bills. Um, and I'm just being completely honest here, so we thought, well, hey, let's go out and do some festivals. Um, uh, but it's it's not really kind of a matter of, of prioritising things particularly as, uh, you know, it, it was the only way we could sort of do it and fit it all in. But basically, mm. you know, it's not going to interfere with the union at all. Mm. Um, I, uh, um, the union is very much, just to be absolutely crystal clear about this, union is absolutely my priority and, um, you know, and will remain the beast. So, uh, the great thing about Thunder is that, you know, because of 20 years and, of history and stuff, to go out and, and do a few gigs doesn't take any more time than that, because mm. uh, there's you know there's no new record, there's no new album, so um, I don't I, you know it, it, I see it as something that's, that's necessary at this stage, so we'll, so we'll do it, mm. and then you know we'll we'll talk about it beyond that. I mean the Christmas show thing that we do happens every year anyway, you know, and that's kind of like a sort of uh, a bit of a knees up really. You know, mm-hmm. He comes along and does that as well. And we just have a laugh and, and do a couple of shows, and, it, and it's great fun. But um, mm. you know, beyond that, that, that you know, nothing really. So um, I still enjoy playing with Thunder, but I don't see it as being. I see it as being then, but this mm-hmm. is very much now. Mm. And Pete, what I mean, you, you like, you know, Nirvana was a big influence on you early. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen you ask this question. How, how big a Thunder fan 
were you back? You know, well, you I, I was, to be honest, I was a bit young. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get you yeah, yeah. But I, I, I kind of missed that whole thing. Sort of. No. I mean, I, I missed the grunge thing really. Mm. Um, it was my sister who was into it. Now I sort of, you know, I got into that when I was about eleven years old. And, Cobain had been dead for about a year or oh, two, right, yeah. so I kind of missed that. You're making me feel very old. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I kind of missed that, I think, from the week before that and stuff, so I'm, I kind of missed out on all that. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, when I met Luke, he you know, you know, gave me all the stuff and mm. sort of got into them and stuff. But yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was what got me into to playing all the sort of the grunge stuff, you know. Time for another song, guys. Well, I guess the world is yours, I think so. Yeah. Okay.
Hello everybody, this is Ron Bumblefoot. Oh, you might know me from Guns N' Roses or not. And you're listening, <laughs> you're listening to White Line Fever. Okay, um, there's a wonderful echo. Welcome back to White Line Fever. I want to apologize to everyone. It's been about six weeks since we did an episode. Um, I've got um, Aaron Wallace and Maria Cialis here. How many complaints do you think we had um, that we haven't had an episode for six weeks? I'm going to say 34. Uh, 50. None. Uh, but uh, the great thing about having both of you here is that um, you were each at a game on Saturday, and we're talking about Saturday's NRL games. Now, Wally, you and I were in Melbourne, Canberra 24, Melbourne 20, easily the upset of the year. And now you've got some stats in front of you, which is, uh, which is your stock in trade. Um, why did Canberra win? Uh, Steve, I think Melbourne were probably a little bit flat. I think if you watch the game, the last few weeks Melbourne have looked like they've been trailing off a little bit, but I just think Canberra were excellent. They played really well, especially Blake Ferguson, I thought, had probably the best game he's had while he's been in Canberra. Just dominated out on his edge, and I just think Canberra were way too good. And Maria, neither of us saw any of uh, your game. Um, The Cowboys just basically hung on, I suppose, which maybe is a good sign for um, Parramatta this weekend ahead of their game against Brisbane. I think um, they were a bit flat as well, the Cowboys. I went to the dressing rooms afterwards and there was just a real sort of sad feeling. They've had a really emotional week. Um, Alex Elisala's memorial was on the Monday um, and they're travelling a lot. And they don't get many wins in Sydney, so I think that was good for them as well. I think it's their fifth out of 25 since 2008. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible uh, situation and it's a massive issue in rugby league. And unfortunately, we keep getting, when we start to forget it, um, you know, mental illness and and uh, depression, uh, unfortunately, we get a, a reminder um, about what a massive issue it is in the game. One of the things that um, was discussed briefly on Triple M on Friday night, we talked about, you know, and, and again, not connecting it to, to this particular uh, thing with Alex Elisala, but just generally, you know, do we take kids away from their homes too early? I guess it is tough on the, the guys there. It's very easy to forget, even with the Toyota Cup, or sorry, the Holden Cup guys, they really are only 18 and 19. You see how big they are. They're on TV every week. And they just look like they're Superman. And I think, I guess when you think back to when anyone was, when you're 18 or 19 and running around, and if you get sort of stuck in an environment where you're under a lot of pressure and you might be moving into a team where you don't know too many people. So I guess it is tough on them. And it's really something that I guess the NRL is going to have to have a look at it. But... Um, yeah, it just must be hard for the guys, especially the, the Islander kids who come out from, they might have lived their whole life in Tonga and then they're sort of out here living in Sydney, surrounded by all of these people that they don't know, and it'd just be very tough for them. It is um, you know, something that the league has worked hard on, um, and there is all sorts of, uh, with the Black Dog Institute in Australia and uh, with State of Mind in England, um, you know, the game is trying really hard to address uh, this issue. I mean, from what you've seen, Maria, like, are there things that we're overlooking? Sure, too. The, the, the moving factor is a big one. Um, I talk to a lot of the Holden Cup guys for profiles, and I always ask them, you know, how's it been for you moving down? A lot of them come from the country, even um, New Zealand. It, it's it's tough. I think at um, 18 years old, most of us probably still had our family and friends to lean on when something bad happened or to talk to, and especially in a rugby league environment, I don't know if it's um, it's so good for for maybe talking about your feelings very much. So yeah, I, I don't know what we can do, but. I remember when I uh, moved out of home for the first time, moved to Sydney, 
only from Wollongong, so we weren't, weren't too far away. But I, I remember thinking, um, oh, well, you know, boiled rice, you boil it. So fried rice, you fry it. So I poured, poured it straight out of the uh, packet into the, into the fat, the boiling fat, and then put an egg on top of it and tried to eat it. So there you go. But, uh, <laughs> and what about Christmas Day? It was, it was. But I did actually get halfway through it. Um, okay, um, Super League scores on Friday and Saturday. Leeds 42, Bradford 22, Hull 48, London 12. So much for their revival after beating St Helens. And speaking of St Helens, what they're in all sorts of trouble with Nathan Brown. Um, 35-28, they lost at home to Witness. Uh, Wakefield 30, Catalan 12. Catalan have hit the wall as well late in the year. Um, now, got to plug a few things. Um, Whitelinefever.ning.com. I never plug this stuff. So uh, go there, you can sign up and discuss things and there's all sorts of pictures videos, blogs, whatever. Um, also we're on Facebook, White Line Fever community but um, it's not meant to be a substitute of whitelinefever.ning.com Thanks for joining us guys. Um, here's some music it's from Tommy Kiefer off his uh, new album The Way Life Goes. It's a really good record and um, you're now off the hook for the rest of the year. Well you are Maria but maybe I'll get you again Wally because you're, you're, you're always there. World Cup time Steve, I'll be there. Okay.
from Seahide and the adults, and you are with Steve on White Line Fever. Okay, final part of our interview with Dan Reed. Thanks for joining us again, uh, Dan. Now, um, I suppose if you want to be a Bohemian, do you just go and live in Bohemia? Um, you're uh, you're um, you're in the Czech Republic. Um, what took you there, and what's it like living there? Uh, well, I had such fond memories of Prague. Um, when we opened up for the Rolling Stones there back in 1990, and it was right after the Berlin Wall had come down. And I remember being in Prague was the only Eastern Bloc city, other than East Berlin we played in as well. But there was uh, just this great celebratory feeling of people going through the streets and handing out flowers, and it was the best reception we had opening for the Stones as well. They treated us as, as if we were the Stones because we were literally the first band, Western band, they'd ever seen because we're opening, so there was 135, 140,000 people. It was the biggest show on the tour, and it might, might have been the biggest show the Stones had played to that to date at that time. And it was just, oh, and I was like, I remember Prague, I remember the architecture there, and I remember the people, and, and then I was invited to play back there um, through a friend of mine named Martin Tidmarsh, who's an English expat who lives in Prague, about two, two years ago, a little over two years ago. And so I said, yeah, I'd love to come back there and play. It's the first time I'd been there since 1990. And when I got there, I was just blown away by the music community and the fact that there's so many people from England and Australia and America, um, Ireland and, and Scotland. There's a big expat community that, of English speakers. That's not including the ones on the Bucks weekends, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, a lot of them moved there because of the cheap beer. You know? I don't drink beer. I, I'm a more of a vodka guy. But, uh, but yeah, they, uh, it was just really fascinating to be back there again. And I just fell in love with the city. Um, and then the day that I moved into my apartment, I met a, a woman that was actually working for the real estate company. And that became... Uh, the mother of, of our child, so I thought I was going to get to play the field a little bit, but no, I'm kidding. But no, I had just come from a relationship in uh, in Paris, in France, and it was uh, a very tough time because there was a lot of love and a lot of confusion for me because I didn't really feel at home in, in France. And at the same time, I uh, loved this woman deeply, but it was just didn't seem like it was going to work out for the long future, so... I left some damage in that wake, but came out of it with uh, hope for the future now, especially with this little boy. So, Aside from uh, being a dad, um, what does the future hold for you uh, professionally? Like um, network shows, yeah. you, you'd be touring in support of this album, you've, yes. got, you've got a birthday party thing coming yeah. up. Um, do you see yourself, uh, I suppose after a lot of ups and downs which you've described, do you see things being on the sort of level, level, level uh, yeah. at the moment? I hope so, you know, it's, you never know what life can hand you, you know, um, especially with health and the condition of the world and politics and everything that goes on in the world, I seem to at least want to feel connected to, whether it's uh, you know, like the shootings in, in America that just happened with these kids in the school, uh, whether it's what we're doing as a nation. I still feel, even though I'm living in Europe, I still feel very connected to what our government does in, in the world and how we operate. I think it's amazing that we're doing so, so many great things with technology and medicine and sciences, but at the same time we're still involved in meddling in other countries' affairs, just protecting our oil resources so we can you know, be selfish and greedy um, energy users. And that's, that's the hardest thing for me. And that was the reason, one main reason why I don't live over there anymore is because it's very difficult for me to be in that environment, everybody arguing about right-wing and left-wing stuff. Uh, so for me, I, I, living in Europe just seems a lot more open-minded. People don't seem to 
judge each other as much that way. They have other issues, of course, but uh, the Czech Republic is just a great place to kind of be in the middle of both, being balanced for me. Now we could talk for ages, I'm sure, but um, <laughs> we'll let you go. You've got a meeting coming up with uh, Live Nation, I believe, but um, another song, and you better pick one off the, off the new album. Yeah. Um, I guess you could play the, the title track, which is Signal Fire. Um, that song is... And the album cover as well, where I'm holding kind of this ball of light, that's all a representation of uh, just my hope someday that we receive some kind of message from a distant star, uh, from a species that is much more advanced than us, where they have figured out after their many, many eons of conflict and war that it's much more can be done, much more positive change can be affected if we figure out how to work together instead of dividing and conquering ourselves all the time. So this is just about getting a message that we, uh, if we grow up, we'll be accepted into the Planetary Federation of Stars. <laughs> awesome. There's a, there's a movie rights to be sold with that song. Th thanks, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Great talking to you. Yeah.
you're with uh, Rusty from Electric Mary, and you are on White Line Fever. Okay, welcome back to White Line Fever, and um, you can always tell the rugby league people in the room, it doesn't matter where... Doesn't matter where the room is and who the rugby league people are, they're the loudest. Uh, I'm in a bar. I'm in a bar. You, you guys are actually going to pay me to edit this segment out when you sober up. I'm, 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 at the moment, the rate is starting at 50 bucks and going up. The more, dis- more you disgrace yourself. I'm here with um, uh, Shannon Byrne, Jen Browning and Melinda Farrell. And you've inherited the, uh, the Sunday part of... The, we're reviewing last week, and then we'll talk about next week in the NRL, okay? okay, okay yeah. First game I watched was uh, a, a one-point win, 25-24, the Warriors over Gold Coast. And Gold Coast just tend to shit themselves, don't they? Uh, not Gold Coast, sorry, um, Warriors, Warriors, you know, they just, they just allow teams back into the game, don't they? Yeah, they do, and it's just been really scary this season because there's so much talent. Everyone's expected so much more from the Warriors than what they've delivered. And I think that's the thing with the Warriors. It's like the, the untapped potential. There's so much talent. Everyone knows what they're capable of, but they haven't quite been able to deliver it. They kind of did with the, the uh, final siren actually... <laughs> Bearing down on them, if you like. But what about what about Sean Johnson tapping the ball ahead for himself? It shouldn't have been a try. I, I, and I actually was reading your story, Steve Mascord. I'm glad someone does. I, 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 always, I found it. My reader. I finally yeah, found it. I always read your story, Steve Mascord. Yes. We all love you. You have your own little harem here about uh, Dally Messenger being the uh, first exponent of the uh, tapping the ball forward and, and scoring from it. So... I don't know. That's really funny. I, I think there's a wider, a wider um, issue perhaps this weekend or this after this round about refereeing because I've seen some very inconsistent rulings about forward passes. That weren't forward passes. Or? That were or weren't. That were called or weren't called. Okay, you're talking like about really Monday night, obviously with the okay. dragon. We're not talking about Monday night yet. Monday night's coming up. Exactly. So just don't worry about that. I saw, um, I saw, I heard uh, a commentator on Monday night say the 50-50 calls are going either way. That's why they're called 50-50 calls. <laughs> I, okay, I want to jump problem, in there. The problem was they kind of went the wrong way every time. But what's the wrong but if way? if they're 50-50... Yeah, I was going to say, who's the wrong or right way? Okay, second game. Uh, Penrith winning in overtime, 21-20 without Paul Gallon. Uh, not Penrith. I fucked it up. Cronulla, I can edit that. Shut yeah, I'm going to edit out. I'm going to edit out my mistakes and leave all yours in. Um, so. Newcastle. Yes. Okay, I want to say massive play of the year. Luke Lewis tackle. How good is that? That was like a season. Okay, yeah, but if we look at it quickly, I'm going to give you the overview of an outsider. Two minutes I'm in. An outsider. No, you're not. Yes, I am. We'll disclose what you know about Cronulla Sharks soon. But two minutes in, Paul Gallen, knee injury. Then it goes to extra golden point time. Six attempts. And Jeff Robson gets a winning point. An amazing game. Uh, what first game that Newcastle Knights lost at home? Amazing game for spectators. Cronulla's first ever overtime win too, I think. Yeah, Jeff Robson will now go down in history books. Let's all write that down quickly. Who's got a? I'm not sure who's going to buy that history book. The history of Cronulla field goals. Pub quiz. Pub quiz. Yes. There's surely got to be a pub quiz. Field goal attempts did Todd Cunny miss to yeah, yeah. win that game? So the Sharks had six attempts. Doesn't matter who did it. They had 
question. Six for Jeff Robson to actually win the game. But that's not the pub quiz, I think. Jeff Robson is the name that won the match. I want to get back to, I guess, Newcastle Knights. Had lost at home. Probably shouldn't have lost at home. Paul Gallen. There was a lot of speculation until 24 hours later how severe the knee injury was. Great news. It's just a strain, not a tear. But then I think I was at the Monday night game. This is Shannon, by the way. Uh, the things that come out is that Brett Stewart and Brett Morris are more a concern than Paul Gallen. But that's Monday. That's Monday. We're not on Monday yet. Okay. I just come back to say... Luke Lewis tackle, amazing tackle. That was like that was that was a season changing tackle. Now what about what now? I I was just ahead of myself earlier when I said Penrith. Penrith were beaten thirty to six by Sydney Roosters at Allianz Stadium, and 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 kind of they're a good side, aren't they? They're 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 a good side. uh, The Roosters. Hey, they're a good. The one that won. They're a good side. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. They're a good side that hasn't actually had to play. A really good side. Yes. They will be doing next Monday. Yeah, and I I think next Monday is um, one of the most exciting games of the season so far. Well, you know they're a good side because Daniel Mortimer, who had probably interest from other clubs maybe to start the game and be their main player, thought about, well, I might stick with this club, that even though I'm the impact player until 2015 because I've got some great players like Maloney and Mitchell Pearce in front of me, but I can be an impact player and maybe involved with a team that could win a premiership, signed until 2015, that shows you that that's a good team. Uh, the girl who was sitting here before, Fiona, yeah, yeah, she said this will be, when we said we were doing this podcast, she said this will be a podcast that only dogs can hear because of the, because of the pitch. But on that note, we'll be back. We'll be back shortly. You've been told. No such thing as zombies or a neon apocalypse. We got the batters in control. Go! 
We're Urge Overkill. You're listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. We're back. Uh, White Line Fever final segment, and I've edited this whole thing together. I don't really know what just happened before or what's happening next, but um, we're, but I know we're going to be talking about Monday Night Football this uh, week. 24-18, Manly over St. George Lawara, and it was Manly's first win since 1997 at Cogra. But um, a lot of people think that they shouldn't have got the ball for the uh, winning try, Manly, because... The, and Shannon, you were sitting next to me on the sideline. and the pass that was pulled up was not forward. Look, there was a no forward pass, and then Manly got a call that wasn't forward that was forward. But I think if it goes back to the Dragons, Jamie Soward kicked to the left. Three Dragons players went up, including Ben Cray. He patted it back, and two other players were up. There was no other Manly player around. They could have won it before that. But yes, I would agree that... There was a forward pass to the Dragons, stopped momentum. Then there was a non-forward pass called by the referees to Manly Seagulls. They stopped their momentum. But I really think that maybe 10 minutes before, they could, the Dragons could have won it themselves. On the other side, the penalty count was 10-3 against Manly. So they kind of cross each other out, don't they? Same as people are saying, well, the, the, the try on Sunday that was scored by uh, Sean uh, uh, Johnson. Well, there was a forward pass for Gold Coast to score... In the, in the last minute, so they sort of cancel each other out. What do, what do you think on Monday night? Uh, well, on Monday night, absolutely. I thought the same thing. Watching at home, we were, we were fast-forwarding it and coming back and going, yeah, well, okay, Nathan Fiend's been really, really hard done by there because that wasn't a forward pass. And, yes, there, there was a pretty blatant forward pass in the build-up to that Manly try. But 
I, I guess you always say those things. It's really hard to say those things even up because if you're on the losing side, it doesn't matter if they even up. You're always going to feel hard to buy. It's not about evening up even. It's about momentum. So, so in the first half of the Dragons game, there might have been a couple of forward passes that weren't picked up for the Dragons. Yeah, and I, I may have called them and went, oh, that might have been forward. But then if you go in the second half and there's a forward pass that pick, picked up by one of the touchies that's not forward, momentum changes. So I, I know yeah. it's about what's wrong or right, but it's about momentum. I agree. But one of the things I'll say, on, I, I noticed the commentators saying this as well. Commentators were having a go and saying, why can't we go to the video referee about forward passes? And um, when I when I lived in the UK, I actually sat next to the video referee for probably somewhere in the region. It's called a parallax error. I taught you it's a yeah, physics. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is physics. And I sat next to the video referee for probably somewhere in the region of two or three thousand video referee decisions. And whatever people may say, there is one hundred percent a good reason why those decisions don't go to the video referee. Because no matter what you think when you look at it. The different camera angles absolutely skew what you think is 100% easy to see. So, in those, like, while, while we're saying, okay, that was totally forward, blah, 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 everything else, there's a really, really good reason why forward passes don't go to the video referee, and that, that has to remain the same. People can say that for maybe one in 100 um, decisions, there might be a clear view to say, yeah, whatever, that that was forward or not forward, but you can't actually say, you can't say it. I don't know, Shannon's looking at me like, yeah, no, you're full of crap. Okay. Okay, but when a touchy calls it and the player's got his back to him and it may look like a forward pass, but his hands are going backwards, the touchy on the left who's too far away to call it has called it, there's, there's no yeah. video referee. No, there shouldn't be. There should never be video referee because the view is absolutely skewed. You look at five different camera angles. At the Unless the camera is actually running along the line in line with yeah. the... Unless the camera angle is there then you cannot actually rely on it. You can't. Unless the camera angle is right where the touchy is, you can't do it, Shan. I know you're checking your but don't call it. But that's, that comes down to the touches, the on-field, and you can criticise them all you like. It comes down to the on-field officials. So getting it wrong. Them. Getting it wrong. Yeah, getting it wrong. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that it should go upstairs for the video referee to adjudicate it because it's so deceptive. I've seen it. You give me five different camera angles of the same pass, and I'll give you five different interpretations of what's actually happened that pass. Okay, now we were going to preview uh, the weekend's games, but Jen has insisted that we don't, and instead, <laughs> instead we talk about origin injury. So. Fire away. Well, it just concerns me now that Laurie Daly's in, uh, selection headaches have been compounded by Monday night, as we saw winger Brett Morris and fullback Brett Stewart were both injured in that game. So he was hoping to have that t uh, team settled by the end of round nine, but as to who he's going to select now is up in the air. We've seen that. Uh, Brett Stewart may be absent from that first match and uh, as for Morris, he's been named in the Dragons match to play this 
this weekend, but whether or not he takes the field is yet to be determined. So a bit up in the air and uh, for the Blues selector. Th- that's what happens when you um, say your team's locked in. They all get suspended and hurt, don't they? You know, Maybe you shouldn't tell people that the team's locked in. The curse? How bad is that? He's so stuffed off. Like, don't say anything, Laurie. Well, he hasn't Stop. said who they are, but we can all guess. Okay, um... Friday night, South Sydney and the Cowboys at ANZ. Who's going to win and why? Uh, you've got to go the Rabbitohs. Greg Inglis is just playing out of his skin. Okay, uh, West Tigers versus Cronulla at Allianz. <gasps> Allianz Stadium. Well, <laughs> Allianz Stadium. Are you sure you got the microphone pointed the right way, mascot? I... I'm sure they can still hear you. Yeah, I'm sure they can too. But... Let's face it, the Tigers are stuffed, aren't they? Really? Stuffed Tigers. Stuffed Tigers. When it comes to injuries, to be fair, they're stuffed. I think they're really stuffed. I actually spent yesterday with the Sharks doing a a few different things. I was really amazed at how the whole place, they're kind of just trying to get on with things. In the, um, obviously, the shadow of the Asada thing. They're just trying to get on with stuff. And you don't often stop to think about that stuff when you see things in the news everything else is like oh my god this must be whatever they're just trying to get on with things and I was amazed at how they were just trying to get on with their business of doing every you know the the things that they need to do every week and it was really I don't know really impressive I'd totally tip the Sharks against the the Tigers I asked the wrong person with the Sharks game um Fine, I love the Tigers. I know you do. Um, the, the Warriors finally take a home game elsewhere in New Zealand. Uh, they've never done it before. Uh, and they're playing the Bulldogs, who used to take their home game against the Warriors, to the cake, the cake tun. The cake tun. Um, uh, what's going to happen at uh, the cake tin in, in Wellington? Say that again. The cake tun. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Uh, look, I, I think for the Warriors, this is a big game for them. Uh, at home, up against one of the teams that probably up until now have been underperformers. But I think this is a good test for the Warriors at home. For both teams, it is a test as to see, one, the Bulldogs, whether they can perform, period. But the Warriors at home need to, they've lost, if you went, I know they won over the weekend, but Matt Elliott would be like, We've lost so many games close. They need to win this over the Bulldogs at home. So I'm going to say the Bull- the Warriors because they're desperate. But if you take the other end of the scale, the Bulldogs need to win to keep even getting further away from the end of the, the ladder. So both teams, I don't think if you look through the whole games, are the most desperate teams out of all the games. Um, this is going to be a great... That, that for me is the two games... Two teams that are desperate, and I i don't know. I think I'm going to go Warriors just because it's a home game. Well, because the Warriors have, have really underperformed. Oh, so underperformed. Yeah. Going yeah. into it, you thought... Easy. But both. So, you so got the Bulldogs. Yeah, 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 everyone, yeah. everyone understands why the Bulldogs have underperformed. They've underperformed because they didn't have Ben Barber, they didn't have Frank Cassiano, they didn't have James Graham. There's, there's a whole heap of reasons why they haven't. The, the Warriors just haven't performed so it's, it's but they've lost a lot of they've lost see. a couple of games by a few points and they're the ones that have been in front again the Warriors were in front what was it 20 to 6 and then the other team came back so 
the Warriors need to win at home to get some momentum. You guys have got a, a show called Hens FC, haven't you? With this music in the background, this is like this is like Hens Night FC. <laughs> it's not, it sounds like a Hens Night with the music. I know you are. I know you are. Well, yeah, I do. I do. And you can't say I'm sexist. The name of the show is Hens FC. It's not. It's not my joke. Um, I'm going to uh, preview. Uh, Parramatta and Brisbane by saying I think Brisbane will win even though uh, well just because Justin Hodges is back that's the only reason I think they'll win Jen Canberra Canberra Newcastle in Canberra you don't have to well now we've seen that Canberra ended Melbourne's 15 game winning streak they can do anything the green machine is on fire they could win the premiership from here so you're tipping them to beat Newcastle I am Okay, um, Gold Coast and St George Illawarra. Oh, isn't that the story? Because I love the Gold Coast this year. I absolutely love everything about Albert Kelly. And See, I would have made a reference to Meter Maids just then, but I'm not going to. I know. I lo- no, I love everything about them. And the Dragons kind of are imploding for me. They've got so much potential. Um, everything that's happened with Jamie Soward and him leaving... And are you tipping? Um, okay, I'm tipping the tights. Okay. Like the tights. Tights, tights, tights. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, Penrith versus... Penrith versus Melbourne at Penrith. Shannon Byrne. Of course, you'd have to go Melbourne. Rebounding from the massive loss from the Canberra Raiders. Mm, I know I know it's a hoodoo, but I hate that word hoodoo because so many different people and squad members each year are different. I'd go the Melbourne Storm. They're going to rebound and probably give Penrith Panthers a loss. Quickly back to the Dragons-Titan games. I think it's going to be, be, be a bit closer than you expected. Dragons push Manly on Monday night. I think they're improving, not imploding. I think it was the wrong word starting with I. Dra- Dragons could have won that. Dragons could have won that. Anyway, I, I'm going to go Melbourne Storm over Panthers. Excuse me. I think, I think Manly did absolutely everything they could to lose that game. Like, Manly... Did everything they could to lose it. Well, don't, don't you think? Wouldn't you say? It's your opinion. I actually think Manly. I, I, I get to preview the game of the weekend. Uh, Manly and uh, and Sydney Roosters and. Manly didn't sort of rise to the occasion when uh, South Sydney went over there a couple of weeks ago. They lost great game. Very, I think they will on this occasion. I think the Roosters will show they've still got a bit of work to do and they'll fall just short. Thanks for joining us, girls. Pleasure. Oh, Lovely we to be We love you, Mascot. Thanks for having us. Please stroke your very... I'll give you an address for the invoices.
she's played The soul that stains your legacy There is redemption in your destiny Yonder, <laughs> and I'm not even gonna try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and Dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive, the album, the band. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're gonna rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on. 